This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, mindful listeners. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. So you've heard me before talk about prevention is the cure or fail to plan, plan to fail. Well, today we're going to be talking about that subject, but in a slightly different way. Uh, We are going to be talking about preparing for goodbye, the legal and care planning that needs to go in when I would say before a family member gets sick. So I'm just going to go right to our guest. We're going to have a great conversation. Uh, Dr. Adil Akhtar, he's an MD. He is currently chief of the Division of Palliative and End-of-Life Care, uh, the Michigan Health Profession, and chief of the Clinical Operations uh, in Carmos McLaren Oakland Cancer Center in Michigan. So, uh, big chief, welcome to the show, Dr. Akhtar. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, this is a very important subject, and I I just want to sort of start out talking to you and sharing you an experience that I had in this past year. Um, Last November, uh, so it would be almost a year, I had a, a, I'm a CrossFit coach in my part-time, and I had a athlete in the community come to me, and she had a little bit of a numbness in her chin. And on my encouragement, she went and got some blood drawn, and within two days, she was induced with chemotherapy for AML. So uh, she had leukemia. And uh, unfortunately, she ended up failing a bone marrow transplant, failing a couple clinical trials and passed away in August at 34 years old. And let me tell you, I ended up becoming her medical power of attorney and her durable power of attorney along with her older brother. Uh, and in no way, shape or form as, as a 33 year old, was she or any part of her family that still was intact, uh, prepared for what needed to happen uh, as she got sicker and sicker and wasn't able to make decisions. Yeah, you know, in general, we are not thinking about death. We're thinking about living, we're thinking about life. And not only, you know, the common person, but uh, as physicians, I can tell you that we are trained to treat, 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 and cure, cure, cure. And you, you must have experienced this through the leukemia treatment and through the bone marrow transplant, that we do everything to treat. But sometimes we have to pause and say that, you know what, we have to think about the other aspect of treatment, too, where treatment don't work. So this is a personal passion of uh, mine. Uh, as you know that I'm a um, board-certified uh, medical oncologist. I'm a cancer doctor. Uh, and I did my board certification in uh, oncology in late 90s. And then when the palliative care and hospice board was formed, uh, in 2008, I became board certified because of awesome. uh, many, many experiences I had. Well, I think it's an amazing specialization, and I agree with you, because certainly my experience with my friend is that that her oncologist fought to the very end, including um, trying to find another clinical trial, and there was not a lot of talk, even though... I knew in my heart what was happening about uh, her choices 
Um, and what needed to happen if none of these things would work and, and none of them were working, her disease burden became, you know, started to just climb, uh, even with each, you know, treatment attempt. And, uh, I wish we could have had more honest discussions with her, uh, you know, that were guided by the oncologist. And what I ached for from this oncologist was him saying, listen, I've been doing this for 40 years and, there's always another trial, but in my, you know, in my experience, I have a feeling like just something like that, instead of just, as you say, treat, 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 treat. And then all of a sudden, nothing was going to work. And we had three days to say goodbye to her. And so very interesting. But what I want to talk about for the listeners is, you know, I do talk about prevention is the cure. So and you're right, we don't talk about death and we don't think about death a lot. But what are some things that folks should be thinking about while we're healthy uh, before anybody gets sick? What's good to check that box? So, you know, I, I think the first thing is to think about what we are going to do in future if we start to get sick. Uh, you know, we plan for our life, we plan for our careers plan for, you know, finances, uh, I hope a lot of people have already uh, done their will. But what we don't think about is probably one of the most aspect, important aspect of our life, which is our health. So I think first thing is to think about that we can get sick. Think about, you know, uh, everyone has to uh, die. And then uh, do something about uh, you know how are we uh, how are we gonna uh, plan for it? So there is a whole process which we call advanced care planning, which is uh, really a healthcare will uh, in summary. So at, in advanced care planning, we think and talk about if suppose we get sick, how much care do we want to get, what will be the goals of the care and treatment, and if suppose things don't go our way, how are we going to uh, tell our family and friends uh, if, if we are not uh, able to make decisions what our wishes are. So I think, and, and this whole process should not be only limited to people who are, you know, in the senior category. I think uh, any age group uh, uh, above 18 should be thinking about this. I'll, sure. If I may, you know, I wanted to uh, uh, share some statistics with you uh, as far as the, you know, uh, what our citizens are doing. So if you look at the general population, only about 30% of the general population has done advanced care planning. So only 30% of the people have really thought about, you know, what are we going to do as far as healthcare go and have acted upon that, which I think has not changed over the last 20 to 30 years. I wow. think we need to, we need to change that. We need to increase that number. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like that's the work that you're trying to uh, 
to to accomplish, uh, especially being on a show like this and just sort of shouting it out there. So beyond the advanced um, care planning, uh, you know, I know that I've heard of something like a living will. What's that about? And should people mm-hmm. actually have one? Right. So advanced care planning actually uh, it encompasses uh, two or three things. One is the living will. Living will is uh, if suppose we are unable to make our own decisions in future. So, for example, uh, someone gets uh, hurt in an accident and is in coma, or the disease which someone is suffering from get to a point like a terminal cancer where we lose consciousness. What is our what are our wishes as far as the healthcare goes? So it can include, do I want to be kept alive artificially? Uh, do I want uh, aggressive resuscitation if I have, say, a terminal cancer, and if my heart or lung stops work, essentially, if I die, should I uh, go through a painful resuscitation process and then live in a vegetative state? So. That is living will. Uh, in living will, we can also uh, uh, say, if suppose uh, I am suffering from a terminal condition, and if we need something like a dialysis or artificial feeding, do I want a feeding tube and artificial means of feeding to keep me alive artificially? So that's living will. The, another very important part of the whole ad, advanced care planning is that we want to uh, identify a person who will then make our healthcare decisions if we are unable to do that. And that's called healthcare power of attorney or healthcare patient advocate. And, you know, we can go into the details of of who can be the the healthcare power of attorney uh, a little bit later on. But these are two major things which are covered under advanced care planning. Okay, so living will and also then your power of attorney uh, for healthcare or your the patient advocate there. And these are, correct me if I'm wrong, these are actually, you can download these things. D- d- does it depend state to state on what's required to have this actually be enforceable for folks? Right. So, and that's one of the things that uh, I want to talk about, uh, that this whole process becomes a little bit too complicated. But to answer your question, you're absolutely right. It varies from uh, state to state. Different states have different uh, legal requirements for witnesses and uh, uh, signatures. Uh, But there are some organizations who have come up with uh, advanced care planning uh, uh, process and uh, document, which is accepted in majority of the states. And one such 
uh, organization is called Five Wishes, who have come up with a kind of a universally accepted form, but their form is also not uh, accepted in all the states. More with Dr. Holly Lucille coming up, but first I want to tell you about Anxiocom from Terry Naturally Vitamins. Terry Naturally specializes in bringing European-tested, unique natural medicines and proprietary custom formulations to the American consumer. So let me ask you this. Do you feel overwhelmed and anxious from time to time? I know it. We all do, but I've got something you're going to like. It's called Anxiocom, a supplement from Terry Naturally Vitamins. Anxiocom is clinically studied to quiet your nerves and relieve your occasional anxiety. It enhances restful sleep, promotes mental health, and emotional well-being. It's perfect for everyday use or occasionally when you need extra support. Anxiocom is non-drowsy, non-addictive, and safe. It provides relief when you need it without drowsiness or mental fog. So go to TerryNaturallyVitamins.com and enter promo code STRESS to get $7 off your box of Anxiocom. That's TerryNaturallyVitamins.com and enter promo code STRESS to get $7 off your box of Anxiocom. Now back to the Dr. Holly Lucille Show. All right. So five wishes. All right. Yeah. And that's, I guess, you know, that's the, the, what I came across in sort of going through this is that it living in California, I needed to understand what was acceptable in California to have these things, you know, to take the time to think about this and to have these things in place, but just to make sure, and there's other, there's like legalzoom.com, but I think just doing a nice search on the internet can get folks where they need to be. Um, with your board certification, uh, in, in, in palliative and care and end of life and hospice care, what's your best vehicle when, uh, how do you most encourage folks uh, early on, besides being on shows like this, to actually have some of these things in order and to start thinking about them? Because as you said, 30%, that's a pretty low number that, as you said, has not changed for quite some time. Yeah, so, well, I'll give you an example uh, of a patient uh, whom I just saw this morning. So this is a patient who was just recently diagnosed with a cancer of pancreas, which is in advanced stage, stage four. And as we know, in stage four disease, we can't really cure the disease. So when I met with the patient, I always try to meet with the patient along with the family. So her daughter and her husband came. And uh, I went over the entire disease process, and then I came to the goals of care, because I think in every uh, potentially serious uh, disease or uh, terminal disease, you have to, as a physician or as treating oncologist, you have to uh, have a very clear understanding of what you're trying to do. Either are you trying to cure the disease, are you trying to control the disease, and if you are trying to control the disease, why? So as a part of that discussion, I told her that we can't cure the disease, we can control the disease, and it's her decision 
you know, what's important to her, quality of life, quantity of life kind of discussion. And then I very gently brought, brought, brought the issue of, you know, uh, if uh, quality of life is important to you, uh, have you ever thought about uh, advanced directive? And then she said, what is advanced directive? So that's how I started the discussion. So in my profession, since we deal with cancer patients, it's, I think, a little easier to start the discussion of advanced care planning. Even then, in majority of the cancer patients, we still don't have their living will or advanced care planning done. Yeah. So, okay. Now you have a website. Um, it's uh, Advanced Directive Now, and it's a d i r now dot com. How does this site help? So, if I may, I can uh, let me just talk about some of the hurdles in this discussion. So we, you know, we we talk about these numbers that you know. Only 30% of the adult population uh, in our country have done the advanced care planning. Uh, but they, if you dissect the problem, you will come across multiple hurdles. So, first of all, I think this is a discussion which should take place between a patient and their healthcare providers, uh, namely physicians or physician assistants or nurse practitioners. And that's why Advanced Care Now as a vehicle is developed to help this discussion between the physician and the patient. We also know that Medicare actually a few years ago came up with a reimbursement for the time spent by the physicians or their uh, physician assistants in talking about advanced care planning. The problem is that once I developed this uh, platform of advanced care now, uh, and I'll give you a little bit of detail about that, when I went to talk to my physician friend to start using it, thinking that this is a great vehicle, the answer which I've been getting is that, you know, I don't really have time and Medicare has some time uh, requirement to reimburse me. So that's one of the hurdles. The other hurdle is that, as you pointed out, that different states have different mandates for filling these forms. And I've not really looked at the California form in that detail, but if you look at Michigan's uh, official uh, advanced care planning document. It, it's like eight to ten pages long, and mm. there are multiple signatures which you have to do. And lastly, the form has to be witnessed by two witnesses, mm. and those witnesses could not be your relatives, could not be physicians, physicians, em- uh, employees, your health uh, insurance. I mean, it's very li- limited. So even if I'm talking to a patient in my office and they agree to fill out the form, then it's, uh, it's limited by the availability of the witnesses. So these are the hurdles 
which we face when we start to talk about uh, uh, filling out these forms. What advanced care now uh, does, we we have come up with some educational videos. So if a patient comes to my office, I give them an iPad with these videos. They see the videos, then there are certain more videos for uh, frequently asked questions. They watch that. Then I go back in and, and if they have any further questions, I answer them. The form is all online, so patients will agree on signing the form, they fill out the form, and then it is present online. Right now, if I sign a form, it's not really mobile because it's a hard copy. And if I go to a hospital or another healthcare facility, it's my responsibility to take that form and give it to the treating physicians. By doing it online, we have made it mobile. So if I go to the hospital, all I need to tell them is to check in advanced care now. I have my uh, uh, living will there. They print it out, or we can electronically integrate it with the EMRs. But for the long answer, I apologize. No, I no, <laughs> I say no. There's, you know, I you know, I understand there are obstacles, and you know, I mean, I you know, there there's also some require a notary, um, so and then there's right. costs involved in that, and then, you know, if you get into um, managing somebody's finances or being able to utilize their finances when they don't, you have to get their permission. So there's a notary that's involved there. So I think the bottom line that we're talking, uh, the why we're talking about this is that. It's something that people don't. Over 60% of the population don't. And I have to tell you from personal experience, if we would have had anybody, like you said, over the age of 18, if these things perhaps would be in place and then updated maybe yearly, um, the the less stress in an already very stressful and tragic situation would have been surmountable. Uh, the less stress, I would say. It's kind of an odd way of saying that. Um, being a radio host, I should know better, but um, it just would have been so much less stressful. And so why we're talking about this, as I said at the top of the show, prevention is the cure, fail to plan, plan to fail. I talk about it all the time in other aspects, but we don't tend to talk about dying and being prepared for it. But I think your message is clear. Um, and I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And because I think you're one of those people that saw a need and through your experience noticed that it needed to be filled. So I really appreciate it. So if I, can I add one more thing? Please, uh, absolutely. Anything that are, that you feel is important for our listeners to hear. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> primary thing is you take control of your health care. Because if you don't take control of your health care, in future, decisions will have to be made. So if you don't make the decisions right now, then somebody else is going to make these decisions. So it's better to make these decisions right now so that you are always in control. You are conscious, unconscious, you are healthy, 
you have terminal disorder, you will be in charge of your care. Number two, if you don't make these decisions right now, then the family members and friends will have to make those decisions. And we know, and you just recently had this experience, it's very, very difficult to make decisions for others, even though we know them very well. So advanced care planning will decrease the family stress also. And number three, which uh, a topic which we in general don't touch on, is the cost. We know that the cost of healthcare for our society in general is increasing. Many, many studies have proven that if patients have advanced care planning, the, the redundant care, wasted care, is minimized and the cost of care is lower. I'll just give you one example. Uh, there is a small town in Wisconsin, Wisconsin called La Crosse. There, somehow or the other, they have managed to educate their general population to uh, think about uh, advanced care planning. So there, 96% of uh, the, the people who die in, this, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, have had advanced care planning. And as a result, year in and year out, the Medicare spending in patients in La Crosse is one of the lowest in, in the country. So that's an important aspect, too, in my opinion. Uh, I think my message is, as I said, I'm very passionate about it, is for everyone, young, old, sick, healthy, think about this. Take charge of your health. I love it. It's a wonderful message. And thank you so much for being on Mindful Medicine and shouting it out from the mountaintop. Uh, I really appreciate your work. All right. There you go. You can go, folks, one more time. Dr. Akhtar's website is adirnow.com. Thank you so much for what you do, mindful listeners. Thank you so much for joining us once again, and we'll see you next time.